What's up, what's up, what's up, L.A. basketball fans? Cosmic Cars, check that tune out, man. Y'all don't know nothing about that. Y'all don't remember that from back in the D.A.Y. Cosmic Cars by Cybertron. What's up, folks? This is your boy, L.A. Ray Harris. Welcome to another episode of L.A. Courtside Podcast brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network and, of course, sponsored by DraftKings.com. And this episode is going to be featuring the L.A. Clippers, the L.A. Clippers game, the first game against the Golden State Warriors. And what I want to tell the Clipper fans out there, my my lovely, lovely Clipper fans in the L.A. area and all throughout California, be encouraged. Be encouraged, folks. Now, unlike the uh, some of the Laker fans who were ready to jump off the cliff when they lost the, their first game against the Golden State Warriors, and I said on my previous episode that they didn't need to do that. It's one damn basketball game. I mean, come on. The Lakers will be fine, and the Clippers will be fine. You watched that game last night. The Clippers showed a lot of grit, a lot of heart, a lot of toughness. I mean, anytime Steph Curry comes out and makes his first nine shots of the game, now, nobody's really surprised by that. I think that was the first time in his career that he's done that. But still, it's Steph Curry. Guy's the best shooter on the planet. The guy's the best basketball shooter to ever live, in my opinion. There were some uh, Twitter posts going back and forth last night uh, about uh, Reggie Miller and Ray Allen, Jesus Shuttlesworth. And whether those guys would have been known as better three-point shooters if they played in today's game. And the answer probably, uh, well, for the most part, most people say no. Steph Curry is still the best shooter ever. If those two guys played in this era, they would have made more three-point shots, of course. Because back in the day, like when Reggie Miller was playing, for example, teams only attempted like five three-pointers per game. Reggie, uh, I'm sorry, not Reggie Miller, but when uh, Ray Allen, you know, during his time, it may have increased a little bit, maybe about 10 threes a game. In today's game, these cats in the NBA, man, these teams are shooting 30 to 35 threes per game. So, yes, those guys would have attempted and would have made, of course, more three-point shots, but that doesn't mean that they are better shooters than Steph Curry. Steph Curry is in a league of his own. But going back to the Clippers, what a yeoman's effort by that team. They found themselves down by upwards of 19 points in the first quarter after the barrage of threes by Steph Curry. Now, at that point, the Clippers could have really could have just mailed it in. They could have mailed it in, but they didn't. In the second quarter, man, they came out firing and Ty Lue made a slight defensive adjustment by making uh, T-Man the primary defender on Steph Curry. Now, T-Man is not like, you know, he shut him down altogether or just just locked him up, but Steph didn't get any points or anything like that. But he made life a little bit tougher for Steph Curry by putting uh, T-Man on him. And the result of that was the Clippers was able to claw, not only claw their way back into this basketball game, but at halftime, take a 67 to 66 uh, lead going into the locker room. They had all the momentum at that point. And if you looked at the uh, the bench, the Golden State bench, 
uh, Steve Kerr had that perplexed look on his face like, hey, man, what the hell is going on here? You know, our guys come out firing. They come out firing. We're, we're, we're killing the Clippers. Next thing you know, I walk into halftime down by one. They couldn't understand it. Paul George, he got off to a very, very slow start. Very, very slow start for Paul George. But what happened in the second quarter? George started picking up the pace. He ended the game 12 out of 23. Five out of 11 from three-piece land, 11 rebounds, 29 points. One thing Paul George has to remember, though, he has to – he's a pretty uh, uh, hot-tempered type of guy. He um, ran into the head of one of the uh, Golden State players, or his head ran into the shoulder of one of the Golden State players. I can't remember which player it was. may have been uh, that big dude, Jellica, for Golden State. Paul George thought a foul should have been called. Uh, this was after Paul George made the shot, and uh, he received a technical foul. And then for the next, say, five minutes of the game or so, running up and down the court, he was still barking at the referees. And I'm looking like, dude, we need you, man. We, we can't afford for you to get thrown out in the very first game of the season, especially if you guys mounted a huge comeback like you did. So cooler heads prevailed. Paul George got his emotions in check, and then he went on to have a fantastic game. He looked like he was in midseason form already. Paul George, uh, as we know, uh, last year tried to atone for the uh, the bubble playoff loss that uh, Cleveland, I'm sorry, uh, the Clippers had against um, Denver. And uh, in the playoffs last year, he played very, very well. So he's really picked up where he left off from last year. And Paul George, there's no worries there. He will be fine. The uh, the most disappointing player for the Clippers, I would say, last night. Well, I would say there were two. Reggie Jackson played 35 minutes. He was only 4 of 19 from the field. Now, again, this is only the first game. And, hey, even, I'm going to say this even for myself. L.A. Ray, baby, don't jump off the cliff because Reggie Jackson had a bad game, which he did. He was only 3 of 9 from 3. Now, at the end of that game, he did shoot a couple of big trays to uh, keep the Clippers' momentum going. But for the first, say, three quarters of the game, Reggie Jackson was like incognito, MIA, missing in action. You know, he's out there with the different color uh, gym shoes on. And, yes, fans, I did say gym shoes. You guys know I'm from the Midwest. In the Midwest, you know, Detroit, Chicago, Philadelphia, we don't call those sneakers. That's like a – Southern thing or Western thing. They're gym shoes. So my man, Reggie Jackson, had, you know, he got the two different color gym shoes on. You know, kind of puts the spotlight on you if you're the only person on the court that's doing that. But in any event, he did not have a good first half. And he started picking up a little bit in the second half. But he did make a couple of big three-pointers down the stretch. Reggie Jackson will be fine. He just signed the two-year, $22 million extension. And they're going to be looking for big things from Reggie Jackson. They're going to need that from Reggie Jackson because, uh, of course, Kawhi Leonard is going to be out by all accounts at least until the All-Star break next year or possibly even longer. So they're going to need all the firepower that they can get out of uh, Reggie Jackson. A whole lot more consistency they're going to need. And I have no doubt that Reggie Jackson is going to deliver. Again, just had a had a bad game yesterday. Marcus Morris Sr. also had a bad game. Now, when you look at his stats, he did score 10 points. 
He was three of seven from the field, which on the surface doesn't seem that bad. Two of five from three. But uh, there was a couple of times uh, he shot the ball, man. You're talking about bricks. Bricks. Remember that old tune? About a, I think it's about the Commodores. Yeah, that was Marcus Morris last night. He's a much better shooter than what he showed last night. And he will rebound as well. Now, he did. He's another one, along with Reggie Jackson. He did make a big-time three late in that game uh, as Draymond Green was closing out on him in the corner and the shot clock was going down. Marcus Morris did drain that three right in Draymond Green's mug. Just drained it. So that was a, a huge shot. The Clippers were making huge shots all night long. And this game just went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Lead changes. I forget how many lead changes it was, but it, it was several lead changes in the second half. And you knew after halftime that this game was going to go down to the wire the way these two teams were playing. Now, another bright spot other than Paul George was Eric Bledsoe. And you look at this dude, man. Eric Bledsoe looks like he can play. I was watching the game with my uh, with my son-in-law, and uh, he mentioned that Eric Bledsoe kind of looks like a he looks like a football player. Guys, just I mean, just stocky, man. You, you could tell, you know, the guys in the gym lifting weights. You know, he looks buffed. Matter of fact, maybe a little bit too buffed because his shot is kind of it's kind of have a weird shape. It's almost like a it almost looks like a football player playing basketball is what it looks like. It's not his shot is not like silky smooth or anything like that. But hell, it really doesn't matter. Dude was ten out of sixteen from the field. He played thirty minutes. You know, Bledsoe this is his second go round with the Clippers. Scored twenty two points. He was the second best player on the floor. Now one can argue. Um, Avisha Zubac, he also had a good game, 17 minutes, four out of seven from the field uh, for 14 points. That's what you're going to get from him all year round. You get that from Zubac all year round, the Clippers would be very, very happy. Now, another player here that I'm just, you know, the jury is, is still out on him. I really wasn't sure why the Clippers went out and acquired him, but the jury is still out, just as Winslow. This guy just does not look the same. Now, obviously, you know, coming out of Duke, he looked a whole lot different. You know, there was a whole lot more spring in his jumping, um, more pep in his step, so to speak. But here's a guy who's been battling injuries throughout his career. Winslow's only, I think, maybe 26 or so. He's had hip replacement surgery. Kid's not even 30 years old yet. And uh, he had hip replacement surgery from a, a, you know, a severe hip injury while playing basketball. He only scored four points. He was only two out of four from the, from the field. You know, that's 50%, you know, 50% is 50%. But he just did not look right out there. And again, game number one, you know, hey, prove me wrong, baby. Prove me wrong. By the time midseason rolls around, maybe Winslow may be that guy. Uh, you know, he'll be in the top seven rotation top seven eight guys so it remains to be seen how how much output Winslow is going to provide the Clippers throughout the year but you know the guy just doesn't look the same he kind of looked out of place out there but again jury's still out game number one folks game one LA Ray worry about Justice Winslow you know hopefully he'll be fine T 
T-Man. Again, like I mentioned, they they, they put T-Man on uh, Steph Curry to try to slow him down. He did kind of slow him down a little bit. You know, again, you're not going to stop Steph Curry. You're not going to stop him. Uh, pretty much you just hope that he misses some shots. But what T-Man did was make the shots a little bit more tougher for Steph Curry. And in that second quarter, T-Man did just that. And his offense, his offense is getting better better and better and he played 39 minutes he played 39 he played more minutes than anyone other he and reggie jackson both played 39 minutes and t-man was four out of seven you know he had seven rebounds and he was plus six while he was on the floor he uh, ended up with 11 points terrence Mann is going to be a very integral part of this rotation for the clippers if he continues to ascend to a level uh, you know, we're not talking all star or anything like that, but just a very, very viable offensive option. We know the guy is going to give you 110 percent. We know he is a I would say an above average defender. You know, he's not a lockdown defender. He's not Draymond Green. He's not Ben Simmons. Oh, did I say Ben Simmons? When I take my little trip around the NBA in my second segment here, you know I got to stop by Philadelphia and give another opinion on Ben Simmons. But anyway, I digress. T-Man is not in that category, but he is an above-average defender. And it's going to be very, very important that he plays well for the Clippers. Moving on down the line, Luke Kennard, you all know that's my whooping boy from last year. The guy that signed a $16 million per year contract. He was three out of nine. Played okay, I guess, 24 minutes. I still look for something more out of Luke Kennard. He was plus 19 on the floor. Uh, he led the Clippers in that category. So he's not the best defender in the world, but he must have been doing something right while he was on the floor. Uh, he had four assists. So he played okay. But again, I, I still would like to see more out of Luke Kennard. Cool man Luke. Cool man Luke Kennard. So overall... The, the Clippers, again, I thought played very, very well. They, you know, some of the Twitter, some of my Twitter followers said, man, the Clippers, they blew this game. They should have won this game. Well, you know, Steph Curry, man, two threes, you know, at the end of the game, at the end of that game or the end of the fourth quarter where one of them, he was just in, uh, just in rhythm and stride. Whoever passed him that ball uh, behind the three-point line, he just turned, fired that three up, bam, number bottoms, baby number bottoms and then the other three he made he took two steps from the from the doggone logo uh at the brand new chase center nice arena by the way by uh in in uh san francisco that the warriors playing at chase center but anyway he took two steps two steps maybe three from the logo from half court and fired up a three ball what are you gonna do about that i think it may have been man over him or maybe it was reggie jackson well there's nothing that you can do about that Absolutely nothing. Steph ended up with 45 points, 16 out of 25 from the field, 8 out of 13 from three. Guy also had 10 rebounds. He had six turnovers, though, which is unlike him. Golden State turned the ball over an awful lot. That's one of the reasons why the Clippers was able to, to uh, get back in this game. They had 21 turnovers uh, when it was all said and done. And the Clippers only had seven for the whole game. So the Clippers took care of the basketball um, where where the Golden State Warriors did not. And that's why they was able to get back in the game. One key play at the end of this game, Draymond Green uh, got the ball down low under the basket uh, 
and went up and made a layup. Now, whoever was on him, and I do believe it may have been Paul George, should have just fouled him hard and sent him to the free throw line. Draymond Green was only two out of nine from the free throw line. Now, of course, that's easier said than done. Draymond Green is a strong guy. Paul George is a strong guy, too. So not sure what, you know, what Paul George was thinking. You know, maybe he didn't want to take a chance on getting a three-point play. But Draymond Green made that layup. He should have fouled him and sent him to the line for two shots because chances are Draymond would have missed both of those shots. Uh, Andrew Wiggins for the Golden State Warriors. He's another guy that I really don't care too much about. But, hey, dude, six, six out of 15 from the field for 17 points. Now, this Golden State team, I'm telling you, LA, I'm, now I'm saying L.A. fans, Lakers and Clippers fans, this team looks to be very, very good. Very, very good. Keep in mind, they don't have Klay Thompson yet. James Wiseman is still out with an injury. They're, they're expecting Klay Thompson to come back probably around Christmas time. They're going to be holding him out for as long as possible. If Golden State plays like this, hell, they're not going to need Klay Thompson. I'm not to say they're never going to need him, but as long as they keep winning, they can keep resting him. They don't, they, don't, they don't need him right now, the way they're playing. And then James Wiseman, he comes back. He's really like their only big, big man. And they're going to be a formidable team. Now, you know me, I'm always going to say Lakers, Clippers, Clippers, Lakers, Western Conference Finals. That is my dream. That is my dream for these two to make it to the Western Conference Finals. But the West is loaded. Not only do you have Golden State, don't forget about Utah. I know people sleep on Utah. Folks, this is not your, your grandfather's Utah Jazz squad. You know, Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley. That's not, that's not uh, John Stockton and... You know, Carl Malone and, and Mark Eaton and those guys. Utah has a very, very good basketball team. Golden State has a very, very, very good basketball team. Phoenix Suns, who made it to the finals last year. They're still going to be around, of course. So the West is loaded. But Golden State is going to be right up in there. I don't think a lot of people gave Golden State much credit because of what happened last year. I don't know why. You know, Steph Curry was hurt. You know, he still played well, but he wasn't really wasn't the same down the stretch. But now, hey, he's fully healthy. You bring back Klay Thompson, who's, you know, if you say Steph Curry is probably the best shooter of all time, if you had a, a list of top five shooters of all time, Klay Thompson would probably be on that list. So Clippers, Lakers, Golden State is going to be right on your heels, right on your heels. And when you watch them play, I'm speaking of Golden State now, it's just beautiful basketball to watch. You know, they, they do the pick and roll and the pick and pop with several different players. You know, Draymond Green up there, you know, setting screens. Uh, Looney setting screens. You can have Curry come off that screen. You can have Andrew Wiggins come off that screen shooting threes. Jordan Poole playing very, very well, although last night he was only four out of 14 for nine points. But Jordan Poole is a very, very good basketball player. Don't get that twisted. You know, you got Eagle Dollar out there setting screens, picking pop. He can shoot the three ball himself. Jellica, the big fella, he's pretty good out there. Damian Lee, he played 29 minutes last night, scored 11 points. So, saying all that to say, when Klay Thompson comes back, 
this team is going to be a beast, a beast. And Lakers and Clippers, you know, you're going to have to step up to the plate. It doesn't feel good that Golden State, the team from San Francisco, a team from San Francisco, you know, L.A. and San Francisco don't like each other. You know, Dodgers and Giants just don't, they, you know, they just don't like each other. So Golden State, first two games of the year, they beat both L.A. teams. But again, fans, I'm saying L.A. fans right now, not even Clipper or Laker. L.A., Los Angeles, City of Angels, don't jump off the cliff. Whichever team that you're rooting for, don't jump off the cliff. Both of these teams are going to be very, very formidable down the stretch. There's no question about that, barring injuries. No question about it. And this Clipper team will be right up there, you know, especially when Kawhi Leonard comes back. Who knows what kind of seeding they may have. I'm not saying that the Clippers may end up being a top seed in the West, you know, but I don't see them being no lower than, say, four, even without Kawhi Leonard. Even without Kawhi Leonard. This is a top four team in the Western Conference, the Clippers I'm talking about. So, again, very, very good game last night. Disappointing loss, 115-113. to But uh, the Clippers, they will bounce back, and they will bounce back strong. In my second segment, again, where I always go across the NBA, I would be making a stop in Philadelphia. I mean, do I really have to do this? Making a stop in Philadelphia so I can give the old proverbial Ben Simmons comment that I have. But before I do that, here's a word from our sponsor, DraftKings.com. Another week of the NFL season means another shot to win big at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. The last 0-0 tie in the NFL was in 1943, so I say this is a no-brainer. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total cash prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN, throw down $1 on any NFL game, and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, all right, all right. You guys know I love that song, the NBA theme song from the 1980s. Do you guys think Ben Simmons could have played in the 1980s? Do you think he could have played against, say, like the Bad Boy Pistons or the New York Knicks or even the Philadelphia 76ers team from back then? Are you serious? Are you serious? 
my first stop, well, only stop today across the NBA. I will be stopping in Philadelphia right now to talk about the Ben Simmons saga. It's like, do I have to really? So here's the thing, folks. Here's the thing. I know you got some Ben Simmons slappies out there that love the guy. Give all these kind of excuses for this guy. I'm just not one of those people. I think the guy is soft. I think he's weak. As I mentioned in my last episode, I think he's the P word. And, um, you know, my folks are saying, L.A., you shouldn't say that on the podcast. So I won't say it on the podcast, but you guys know what I'm referring to. That's Ben Simmons. So yesterday, what happens? He misses practice or didn't want to practice. And what does he say? My back hurts. I got a back injury or a back strain or something like that. Of course, the Philadelphia doctors checked him out, says, Dick, kid, there's nothing wrong with you. He didn't practice. What happens today? Today, Friday, the 22nd, he says, I am mentally not there. Or he even took it a step further. He doubled down. He says, I have a mental disability. A mental disability. Folks, I got a problem with that. And I'm going to tell you why. I have a problem with that. There's now, well, let me first say, let me preface by saying I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychiatrist. Not a psychologist. Not a sociologist. I'm not any of those ologists, right? So, you know, can a guy have a mental disability? I guess it's possible. But, hey, everybody has an opinion, right? Everybody has an opinion. And, man, that this boy is full of crap. Full of crap. The collective bargaining agreement says if a guy is suspended, if a team suspends a guy or the guy is not able to perform, let's put it this way. If he's not able to perform for whatever reason, but it turns out he has a quote-unquote mental disability, that means the team still has to pay him. Okay? Rich Paul, Clutch Sports, ain't no dummy. You know, they tried the back thing. That didn't work. So they looked in the CBA and said, hey, man, let's go in there and say, I, you know, I'm mentally I'm not there. I have a mental disability. Now, what does that mean? So the Philadelphia 76ers, if they don't believe that, and I'm pretty sure they don't, they're going to have to fight that. They're going to have to prove that he does not have a mental disability, that he's just bullshitting. That's what they're going to have to do. And he's going to go to some doctors, probably doctors that are furnished by the by the um, union. And I'm sure they're going to say, yes, he has a mental disability. Folks, this thing is just out of control. This Ben Simmons, Philadelphia 76 or situation is out of control. If, if, if that's all it takes is for someone to say I have a mental disability and he doesn't sit back and just get paid until Philadelphia trades him for a bag of dusty basketballs, then what will prevent players in the future from doing the same thing you're opening up pandora's box you're opening up a can of worms let's say for example i'm going to use donovan mitchell for example plays for the utah jazz I'm not sure how many years he has left on his contract but let's frame it as, as if he's ben simmons he has four years left on his contract but all of a sudden he does not want to play for the jazz anymore for whatever reason he wants to be traded the jazz says hey man you got four years left on your contract you're playing with us so you know, if I'm Donovan Mitchell, I go in there and say, hey, I'm not mentally there. I'm not mentally ready to play. I have a mental disability. Okay, I'm not going to go out there and play. I've got a mental disability, so I'm going to just sit home and get paid. What's to stop another player from doing that? Got to be very careful. Pandora's box is going to be opened up if Ben Simmons 
can get away with this. Now, shame on the owners when they when they negotiated the collective bargaining agreement. That language is in there. So it is what it is. It's a bind. You know, the CBA is a binding contract. So it is what it is. So I'm not sure how it's going to turn out. But going back to Ben Simmons. Hey, man, you, you don't have a. Well, again, I'm not a doctor. It's just my opinion. I don't think the guy has a mental disability. Now, does he have a mental block of shooting the basketball? Oh, absolutely. Hell yeah, he does. He has a mental block. That's the mental piece of him. He has a mental block of shooting because he's frightened. He has a mental block when he goes to the free throw line. Okay? Ben, I don't see, you know, you don't have a a, a, a mental disability or a mental block when you're playing that lockdown defense that you're well known for. You don't have a mental disability or a mental block when you're leading the fast break and throwing those nice passes. Your mental block or mental disability uh, lies in the fourth quarter only. So here's a guy that can, uh, he's frightened to shoot the basketball. Everybody knows that. And he's frightened when he goes to the free throw line. And the diagnosis is going to be he has a mental disability. Folks, I think this is a slap in the face for all the people in this country or in this world, for example, that have legitimate mental disabilities that end up in, say, psychiatric hospitals. Ben Simmons is not going to end up in any psychiatric hospital or anything like that. You know what's going to happen if he gets traded? Let me tell you what's going to happen, folks. He's going to get traded. Let's say he gets traded to, I don't know, the Portland Trail Blazers, for example, whomever. He's going to go to that team. Portland's going to send him to their doctor for an evaluation. The doctor's going to give him some sort of magic pill, some magic potion, and say, guess what? Ben Simmons is is uh, cured of his mental disability. Then he's going to report to practice, and then he's going to play. Guarantee you that is what's going to happen with Ben Simmons. So I think the guy is, again, I'll say the P word. Well, I won't say the word, but you know what I'm talking about. He's soft as hell, soft as Charmin. And no, if that dude was playing in the 80s, you know, the bad boy Pistons or, you know, the tough Chicago Bulls, the tough New York Knicks teams with Oakley and Ewing and all of those guys, they'd have punked him out. They'd have punked him out. You know, Ben Simmons, you're losing a lot of respect, not only with your team in Philadelphia, I think he's losing respect with a lot of players throughout the league and a lot of teams, you know, from, you know, you hear listen to Stephen A. Smith and all these guys. It's, oh, it's a whole lot of teams. that want Ben Simmons, maybe a dozen teams. Well, heck, well, they'll take him, but they're not going to give up a superstar to get him. If they do, they're crazy. Who's going to give up, you know, uh, trade uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, for example. Uh, you know, there was reports that they were interested who who's Minnesota going to give up? Or I tell you what, the 76 will want in return. Oh yeah, we'll ship you off to Minnesota. You know, give me Anthony Edwards. Okay, yeah, we'll make that deal. Or you know, you have to match the salaries too, right? Ben Simmons makes 35 stacks per year. Uh, for you lay people, 35 stacks means 35 million, baby. That's what he makes. Carl Anthony Towns probably makes that much. Philadelphia, hey man, yeah, you can have him. Give me, give me Cat, give me KAT. I had a Twin Towers, Carl Anthony Towns, Joel Embiid. They was talk about possibly trading him to the Portland Trail Blazers for uh, CJ McCollum, 
and, and, and a bag of basketballs. Even Philadelphia, as much as I like C.J. McCollum, going to have to come stronger than that. So, folks, I don't know how this is going to end. I don't know. Every day is something different with this guy. So, we'll see. His agent, Rich Paul, you know, very, very smart guy. I don't take anything away from Rich Paul. Very smart guy, very intelligent guy. And, you know, a lot of the top NBA players have him as an agent. If he's able to pull this off and have Ben Simmons just sit at home, still get paid, all that loot, and then ends up getting what he wants and has to be traded out of Philadelphia, hey, kudos, kudos to Rich Paul. You know, you don't have to like it, but that's the way the game is played off the basketball court, baby. That's just that simple. Ben Simmons does not want to face those Philadelphia fans, too, by the way. Y'all remember back in the D.A.Y., some of you may not, some of you youngsters, Philadelphia, they booed Santa Claus at the old Veterans Stadium where the Eagles used to play. Threw snowballs at him. That's Santa Claus. Philadelphia fans, they don't play, man. They don't play. You, you ought to listen to uh, uh, stream the Philadelphia sports talk radio stations. Stream them. They're dogging this guy. There's no way in the world he can step foot on the spectrum floor. No way. No way. He'll turn around with his head between his legs and run out the stadium crying. Trust and believe that. Philadelphia fans will never forgive him for that. Never. Ever. So that's my take on the Ben Simmons uh, situation. Hopefully it'll get resolved soon because it, you know, it's getting kind of tiresome you know, watching it, listening to it on the sports talk shows and on ESPN and all that jazz. You know, hopefully they can just go ahead and trade them. But again, like Philadelphia says, uh, you know, they're, you know, Daryl Morris, I mean, I'm not giving them up for a bag of dusty basketballs. I'm sorry. It's just the way it goes. So again, that's my take. So LA basketball fans, I'm going to leave right there. Thank you for listening. I definitely, definitely appreciate all of you. Appreciate all the support. Appreciate all of you, uh, Twitter followers that I have nice, uh, conversations with via Twitter. Uh, every single day pretty much so again i'm going to leave it right there thanks again to the basketball podcast network and thanks to our sponsor draftkings.com folks if you want to sign up for draftkings.com make sure you go to DraftKings draftkings.com and put promo code tbpn tbpn stands for the basketball podcast network make sure you put that in the promo code and start placing your bets Start placing your breaths. And if you don't want to miss any future episodes of LA Corsat Pod, whatever platform that you use to get your podcast on, whether it's Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, any platform that you get your podcast on, uh, you can find LA Corsat Pod and subscribe. And please make sure you rate and comment as well. With that, LA. Until the next episode of LA Courtside. And look at us with the mic Then take a count. One, two, three. Jam Master J. Run DMC. He's Jam Master J. The big beat.